Thank you, Brother Donahue, and praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be here tonight, and I do feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Amen. I feel like if you will worship and respond to God through the preaching of the Word the way you have thus far into this service tonight, I feel like God is going to do something for us tonight. Amen. Glory. I do not say this just to make it an emotional point or even try to impress you in any way. Uh, I, uh, I was supposed to be in another state preaching this week. Some time ago, before they ever called me, I felt led of the Holy Ghost to cancel that. And then another preacher called, and I was supposed to have been in Wichita Falls, Texas tonight preaching. I accepted it, and then I called back, and for some reason I said I feel led to cancel it. And then when Brother Donahue called, the Holy Ghost says, that's what I've been waiting for is for that particular time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Usually after... Uh, I, all these pastors could identify with this after a, a weekend and uh, you, you realize you need to be home and uh, Brother Donahue mentioned I don't ever go very much anymore uh, I have to be in Missouri next week I have to be out of state the following week I have to be out of state the following week after that I was supposed to leave for California the following week to do it uh, a a tour of the entire state for their district preaching. I was supposed to come home one week and preach the Texas uh, holiday convention. The next week I'm supposed to be in Chicago for a crusade. So I don't go very often, but uh, not anyway. Uh, not between between Friday and Sunday, I don't ever go. <laughs> but uh, leaving home today, I felt a total excitement about coming here to preach i felt it all the way even to this platform tonight i kept waiting to get the downs and if you uh, uh, these preachers know what i'm talking about when you preach enough of these things and i don't say that out of uh, bragging but after a number of years and having preached a lot of these things uh, you have to get in the swing of it and usually get in the service before you begin to feel good about uh, accepting another one you know and your wife and kids say oh you're going to be gone again and the church looks at you and say we want you to do the will of god hallelujah we sure wish you'd be here wednesday night amen but i have not found uh, felt any down at all i've just continued to feel a high in the holy ghost i do not know what the holy ghost is going to do this week but i know if my concept and your concept of god is right he will do something good before we leave this place. Hallelujah. I'd like for us to invite God to do whatever he would want to do this very week. Hallelujah. Father, I ask you, amen, your divine and perfect will, hallelujah, to be wrought this very week, amen. Praise the name of the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. And let me say again, I can honestly say this out of sincerity. I feel it is my privilege to come here and preach 
to you tonight. Amen. I do feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I could not understand why I felt a little physically wore out. I told Brother Whitehead when he stepped out the door and I came in tonight, I said I only got four hours of sleep Saturday night. I was gone Saturday, Sunday for a funeral most of the day, and I preached an hour and a half last night and drove all that distance today. But when uh, uh, a minute ago somebody said something about uh, uh, Brother Spears, and we've heard him preach for years and years and years and years and years, and suddenly it dawned on me why I'm feeling a little bit wore out. It's maybe all those years of preaching Brother Gandhi was talking about. I told Brother Whaley, I said, Lord, I, I wish he hadn't have said it that way. It makes me sound ancient. But when I stopped to consider, I was preaching a revival that Brother Donahue prayed through to the Holy Ghost in. I remember preaching revivals in the church Brother Brian Kinsey was raised in when he was about 12, 13 years old, sitting on the front row, maybe even younger. I remember when Brother and Sister Whitehead got married, and I preached a revival in their church right after they got married. And uh, I remember when Brother Whaley began his ministry. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, but I do remember that when you were an old man. Hallelujah. When I was a young man. Amen. Amen. Uh, I say that reverently, amen. He's always been gray-headed about as far back as I can remember, amen. He used to come to my father's church and preach. and uh, But anyway, it's good to be uh, back near the part of the country where my relatives all came from. Uh, my folks moved from this part of the country just a few months before I was born. Somewhere way back down on the Sabine River, where Toledo Bend is now, out in Negrete. My mother went to school at Negrete and graduated from there. Uh, well, that was when they only had 11 grades, and uh, I think she ran off and got married to my daddy about the 11th grade. And, of course, we were not Pentecostal by a long shot then. My dad was almost an alcoholic. My mother did not uh, know anything about this truth. And uh, I sure was glad they moved because they were sharecroppers. And, and I, I'd have been raised down there pulling cotton just uh, a little while later. But I tell you what, I, I'm sure glad, amen. I looked across this building a minute ago, amen, and I saw an aunt of mine in this building, amen. And I'll put the glasses on to just be sure, hallelujah. And I'm not sure I'm sure, amen, hallelujah. But if she's here, amen, it's so good to see her tonight, amen. And uh, my mother's sister uh, is here tonight. Praise God. Not many of my folks have the Holy Ghost. I remember when my mother received the Holy Ghost that uh, we came back to this part of the country uh, to tell about them receiving the Holy Ghost. We drove up outside of Manny on Highway, what, what, what's that number? Highway 6. Out there at Mitchell's store. And none of you know where that is. It's been gone for a long time. And we drove up to my grandparents' house. We got out to go in. And my grandmother met us at the door. And she called my mother by name. And she said, now, I don't know what this is you've got. But whatever this Holy Ghost is, don't mention it inside this house. 
I don't want to hear it. You're welcome, but don't talk about it. And two of my mother's sisters were in the house. And they took off out of the house. Went to the barn or somewhere. Because this sister of theirs had come back with this strange thing called the Holy Ghost. And out of all of our relatives, who do you think is the three who eventually received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? It was those three, my grandmother and those two aunts that was in that house. Hallelujah. One of them is sitting back there with her hand raised right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so glad for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I believe it's the will of God to be a good God. Amen. He is a good God. He is a good God. Amen. Glory. And uh, now since you are used to me, and uh, I'm trying to get used to you, you see this thing works both ways. And as soon as we get all adjusted to one another, I'll preach. I just, uh, I, I never did like to take something so sacred and holy as the word and just preach it because it was the duty to preach. I sure want somebody's heart to be open somewhere out there when I open this book and begin to reveal the word of the Lord to us. Hallelujah. I do feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place to do something grand and glorious tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, have your divine way, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. If you would stand in honor to the Word of God tonight, I want to read one verse tonight, and I'm just going to ramble preaching tonight. This is not going to be some fantastic message that you're going to remember or even talk about uh, in years to come. But uh, I, I'm just going to ramble through the Bible. I'm going to preach a different way than I usually preach. Uh, when I get through, you can honestly say that I will have preached from Genesis to Revelation because I intend to touch things all through the book. This is not the way I will preach the rest of the nights, but I feel this is a good kickoff tonight. Luke, the 12th chapter, and I want to read one verse, Luke 12 and 32. Luke 12 and 32. The words of our master when he just simply makes the statement, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want to read it again. If this verse of Scripture catches a hold of us tonight, friend, every moment we set in this building for the rest of this week will be an anticipation of a high of just moving everything out of the way and letting the Holy Ghost do what it desires to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure. And I want everybody to say good pleasure. Good pleasure. I want you to get it. Say it again. Good, good pleasure. pleasure. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Brother Donahue, would you pray God's blessing tonight? Gracious Hallelujah. God, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for your presence here. We ask you, God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Anoint thy servant that he might speak forth the words of God. Hallelujah. Prepare our hearts, God, that we might receive it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to use a rather peculiar subject tonight, and I just want to talk about divine preference. Divine preference. Most of us walked into this building tonight thinking that we had to do something to entice God to do something before this thing is ever over with. But before I get through tonight, I pray that our concept of the way God operates will begin to think different. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. There are some directions that God desires to go. There are some things that God desires to do. Most of the time, we as children of God walk into the house of God. And before we are through, we feel that there are certain kind of things we've got to go through to entice God to come and do anything for us. We go through the fact, and we even make the statement as preachers sometimes, if everybody will worship God, God will move in this place. Many times we look around and say, well, if everybody were holy, then God would really do something in this place. I want to declare to you tonight that God has a prerogative in this thing. And it is the desire of God to do something in this congregation tonight more than this entire congregation put together of wanting God to do anything in this conference while we are here this week. Amen. God is a good God. God is a good God. Oh, if the concept of Pentecostal people would get a different concept about the God that they serve, we would undoubtedly see him do greater things than what we ever see him do. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, God, if we are going to have God to do anything this week, we are going to have to think in the vein that God thinks in. I want you to know tonight, I simply read to you one verse. And on that one verse hinges everything that God would love to do before we leave here tonight or any other night. It is His good pleasure. It is the will of God. You don't have to beg Him. You don't have to entice him. You don't have to do anything. He has a will that he wants to do something mighty in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. 
God is basically a good God. His intentions are good. His attitude is good. His thinking is good. And if he is given a choice, he will always do good. And he will never do bad as long as God is given a choice to make up his mind to do something. Hallelujah. It is the will of God to do good. Amen. That is his will. Go. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm just trying to lay a foundation. And it just seemed like this lid won't stay on it. Amen. I just, hallelujah. Oh, somehow. I, I believe that you're getting the gist of what I am talking about tonight. Now, allow me for a moment to go back and tell you that the philosophy as a young person when I was raised in this years ago, I did not get this kind of concept at my first introduction to God. I got the introduction that whoever this God was, that he was such a God that he walked around and his delight was finding somebody doing something wrong and that he would deal with them harshly. But oh my friend, if you've been serving that kind of a God, I want to change your concept tonight and let you know that we serve a God who it is his desire. If he can bless you, he will bless you. If he can heal you, he will heal you. If he can encourage you, he will encourage you. It is your father's good pleasure to do you good. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to take my time tonight. I'll preach tomorrow night. I'm just going to ramble tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, somehow, if God is forced in a corner, he will do whatever he's got to do. But if you give him a choice, he will take the first route, the very intent of the heart of God, and he will do good, friend. Hallelujah. I heard the story one time of a boy who uh, a man comes by. And the little boy's got a bird in his hand. And uh, the man said, what are you going to do with that bird? And the boy said, well, I don't know. I guess I'm going to kill him or do something. And the man said, could I buy him? And uh, he said, yeah, well, I guess you could. They agreed on a price. And the man bought the bird. The little boy took it, put it in the man's hand. And when he did, the man took the bird and just threw it up in the air. And the little boy said, what'd you do that for? And uh, the man said, uh, uh, I just wanted to. He said, I bought him and I can set him free if I want to. Now, some people's concept of God is simply this. That we were bound in bondage of sin and Jesus comes by and he buys us and he's going to destroy us. But I want you to know God did not come to this world to purchase you, to destroy you. Amen. Hallelujah. He came to this world to set men free from anything that's got them bound. Hallelujah. It is the will 
of God to do you good and set you free from anything that bothers you. Hallelujah. Glory. Now the reason the Pharisees could not believe that he was God. There was a reason they didn't believe Jesus was God. The reason they didn't believe he was God is because he was too good. If the children hadn't liked him, they'd have said, hey, that's our Messiah. But when he came, he was so good. They said, God can't be like that. God's got to be a horrible God. He's got to be a mean God. He's got to be a destroying God. But he was a God the children crawled up in his lap. He was a good God. Hallelujah. He, he was so good that when children came to him, he would reach out and love them and bless them. It is your father's good pleasure. If he can do good, he will do good. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. I've heard mothers call their children together and tell them, now, honey, God loves good little boys and good little girls. But I want to tell you something. God loves bad little boys and bad little girls. That is his nature. If he is given a choice, he will love in spite of everything. Glory. Now, you force him in a corner, and he'll do what he's got to do. If you don't give him an option, but if you give him an option, if somehow in this conference, if we give God an option, if we dare take the stranglehold off of God, come Thursday night when we leave here, somebody's limb will be straightened out. Somebody's eye will be open. Somebody will get the Holy Ghost. Somebody will be encouraged. Somebody will be delivered. It is the will of God to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. I prayed, God, let me do something besides just preach another message. And I'm going to tell you what I felt in my room while praying this afternoon in the Holy Ghost. There are some of you young people that are struggling with the conquest of trying to live for God. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to give it up. And the whole reason is your concept of God is wrong. You wake up every morning. You live in fear of this God. Your idea is he's going to destroy me before it's over with. But I'm going to tell you, that's not his nature. If you will come before him with half a heart, just a little bit of desire, it don't take a whole lot. All he's got to do is just look at your heart. And if he can see one little bit of desire, he will come to your rescue. He'll pick you up. He'll set you free. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. Amen. It is the will of God oh hallelujah Jesus came to Simeon's house and when Jesus sat down at Simeon's house a so called lady if you could call her a lady came and sat down by him and started anointing his feet with oil and when 
the so-called righteous crowd saw that, Simeon came to him and said, listen, if you knew who she was, you wouldn't let her touch you. But Jesus looked back at Simeon and said, but if you knew why I came, I came for somebody to touch me. I came for somebody to scoot over to where I am and touch my feet. Amen. You didn't touch me, but she touched me. Hey, I talked to you about a God tonight who walked in this building and who sits down beside you. You can reach over and touch him. Amen. He's your God. He's your friend. He's the best thing you've ever had. Amen. He is your God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came to be touched. He came for somebody to touch him. This same Jesus is now walking down the street. It's a different setting right now. And suddenly something happens. A lady presses her way through the crowd. And when she does, she touches the hem of his garment. And when she does, he stopped and said, wait just a minute. Who touched me? And we've got the same crowd today that they had back then. Everybody standing close to Jesus said, oh, it wasn't me. It, it wasn't me. Don't worry, it wasn't me. I look at that crowd. I pastor some like that. You look back and have a mighty Sunday night service. Said, was that you shouting back there? That wasn't me. Was that you worshiping God? That wasn't me. But in a minute, somebody turned around and said, it was me. It was me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. The whole, the whole crowd stood there. They looked at him. He had an option. Science, or rather historians declare, she had venereal disease. She was horrible. But she touched Jesus. And everybody stood and said, what is he going to do? He had an option. He could have destroyed her. He was God. But he wouldn't do it. He allowed a prostitute to touch the hem of his garment. And he said, you're made whole. It's all taken care of. If you give him a choice, he's going to do good. Amen. I don't care what your situation is. He's going to do it. It's a lonely night on a hillside. It's been all night long. A man is wrestling with an angel, a god. Daybreak is coming. And finally, the man's thigh is thrown out of joint. But something happens in the heart of that man. And the Bible said he took a hold of God. Now hold on friend Ain't nobody ever took a hold of God I'm talking about the same God That a few chapters later Walked on the top of a mountain And said Moses If a dog touches that mountain Or if a man touches it Kill him But here is a man The same God And a man takes a hold of that God And God said ought to kill him Or to destroy him but God, if he's given an option, he'll do good. 
he looked at the man and he said, what do you want? And Jacob said, I want you to bless me. God turns around. He didn't kill him. He said, I'll bless you. I'll change your name. I'll make you a winner. I'll call you a prince with God. You'll be called the prince with Israel. Amen. And from this day forth, amen, he shall be called the God of Jacob. Amen. From that day forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that'll preach later. Hallelujah. Ah, Lord. Glory. Some of you are sitting here waiting for God to get a hold of you. And you're saying, I always heard, preacher, that if God wanted me to do anything, he'd come get a hold of me. Hey, honey, it's time to turn the philosophy around Quit being afraid of him. Quit being scared of him. Walk up to him and say, Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Friend, when you do whatever you need, he'll do it for you. He'll take care of the situation. You got a problem, he'll take care of the problem. You got a sickness, he'll take care of the sickness. You got a disease, he'll take care of the disease. If you give him a chance. Jesus is walking down the road having little teaching ministry. It's Wednesday night Bible study type thing going on. And suddenly somebody said, Hey, Jesus! And he stopped. And they said, Come on, man, tell us something else. And he said, Hold it just a minute. Didn't I hear somebody hollering for me? And they said, Yeah, but this is so important what you're saying. He said, Tell you what, I'm going to... I'm going to put the, the teaching ministry for this minute on the shelf right now. I'll pick it up in a few more minutes. But right now, I want to put it on the shelf. Mm. This ain't in the message, but I'm going to say it anyway. If we Pentecostals ever got in our mind. Now, hold on, because this is going to knock some of you for, for loop. What the charismatics have learned... Well, we've sat back and criticized them. They didn't stop anything for what they call the move of God. But honey, I didn't start preaching yesterday. Almost 30-something years I've been a preaching. And I've preached everything from a fellowship meeting, amen, in East Texas to a general conference. But friend, we are so stuck on the fact that it's got to run by our program that we couldn't let God walk in here tonight and take over and just heal a few people and do a few things he wants to do. But if he had his way, if he had his way, somebody would get touched by the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Glory. I'll preach better some other night, amen, for you that don't think this is too good right now. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll, I'll pat your cake after a while. Hallelujah. But I want you to know, 
That committee said, hey, we don't have time to fool with that. And Jesus had an option. He could have kept on going or he said, I, I tell you what, bring the blind man here. And when he brought blind Bartimaeus there, God had an option to do what he wanted to do. He chose the option of good and he healed him and he went his merry way. Hey, friend, there's none of us that's pure enough or good enough or holy enough in this congregation put together that caused God to come to this service tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Run it by you again. That didn't go over too good. It went over like a pork sandwich at a Jewish wedding. Amen. It didn't go over too good. Amen. But I want to run it by you again. Hallelujah. Our holiness didn't bring God here tonight. The name on the outside of that building didn't bring God here tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. It's not what we pulled off or what we put on that brought God here. I've done proof to you. He'll stop by where a harlot is. He'll stop by where an outcast crowd is. He's just looking to do good. And if he can find anybody that'll do good, amen, he'll do it, friend. He'll do it, hallelujah. I like this one right here. The Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. And uh, when she came to the committee, the committee said, we don't have time for you. And they said, neither does Jesus have time for you. He said, uh, just a minute, fellas. You're getting in a little bit of hurry here. And uh, she got to him, and she worshipped him. Mm -hmm. And she worshipped him. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, hold on. She wasn't the right lineage to get anything. Hold on, Jesus' name, folks. She didn't even have the right name. But she worshiped him, and it stopped him in his tracks. Ooh, hallelujah. I don't have time to preach on that one. You can fill, fill it in for yourself. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just trying to get you to see that we've been sitting around for years and have missed a lot of good things that God wants to do for us. And we have the name and we have the power and we have the holiness and we have the truth. And my God, we're sitting here and him in our midst saying, let me do something else for you. And we say, no, we got our little program and we need it done this way. And Jesus said, but if I could find somebody, if I could find somebody, if I could find somebody, hallelujah, anybody, that's it, anybody, hallelujah, 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 glory, she worshiped him. And when she worshipped him, that got his attention. I preached a message, and I done even forgot where my notes are on it. Amen. I call it Genesis 0 and 0. You know what I'm talking about. That what God had before the devil ever rose up against him was worship. 
What the devil took out of heaven was worship. But when God came to this world wrapped like a baby, the first thing that happened while he was laying in the manger is a Gentile came to him. Not a Jew, a Gentile came to him and knelt down and worshipped him. Oh, and when he heard this other Gentile worship him, his ears picked up to the sound of a manger. But it picked up the way beyond time, way back out there, when angels magnified him and cherubims praised him. And when he heard her worship, he said, Just a minute, honey, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And she said, uh, sir, I am here because my daughter needs help. And Jesus said, oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? And he looked at her and he said, we got a problem here, lady. He said, there is a law that says I can't do anything for you. And that law has been in existence a long, long time from the Mosaical law. I can't have anything to do with you. But when he looked at the desire in her heart, the God who put the law in there, he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the law and I'm going to set it aside for a minute. Because God can do what he wants to. And if he's given a choice, he'll do good. He set the law aside. He healed her daughter, put the law back into effect until he took care of it on Calvary. Somebody said, can he do that? You're, yeah, he can do that. The God that put the burn in fire is the God that saw three boys headed to the fiery furnace. The God that put the burn in the fire took the burn out of the fire until the boys got out and then he put the burn back in the fire. The God that saw a prophet in the den of lions, he took the nature out of the lion till he got the man out of the den and then he put the nature back in there. Hey friend, glory, hallelujah. I'll tell you tonight, I'm talking about a God that can heal your cancer. He can do it. He can do it. Come on, if we give him a choice, he's going to do good and he's going to do the desire of his heart. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Let me say it again. Cancer, there's a law of cancer. And the law says cancer is supposed to destroy your body. But I'm talking about a God who walked in here tonight. And he said, I'm God. I'll take the law and I'll set it aside. I can do that. Amen. Oh, not me here. Not preachers here. But the eternal God of glory has walked into this building. What do you need? Get his attention. Raise your hand. Amen. Touch him when he passes by. He'll do whatever you need him. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. I want you to know. So it was. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament. A little old girl walks into a field one day. And when she walks into that field, she picks up some grain. And when she gets back home, she tells her mother-in-law, Look at all the grain I got today. And her mother-in-law said, I'll tell you what. In the morning, you go back out there. Because it looks like to me you got a little bit more than what was supposed to be left over in the corners. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about now. And she comes back the next day with a big old bundle. Because the man who owned the field, ooh, hallelujah, looked at the girl. And he said, boy, that's a good looking chick. Hallelujah. I don't say he didn't do it, amen. He didn't stand there and say, well, she is a very nice uh, composition of what the eternal God made called the female from the filth rib of Adam on the left side. No, he done just like you did when you saw your wife. He said, wow, he said, I tell you what, boys, leave some more, leave some more. I hear people say, well, blessings of God are just accident. With God, there is no accident. But every morning, that little old girl by the name of Ruth got up and she went back to the field and she kept gathering bundles until one day she married the man who owned the field. Let me tell you, honey, grab every blessing that he drops your way. Get every one of them. Because one day, if you keep getting the bonus, we're going to get to marry the man who owns the field. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. It's not by accident, but it is by divine purpose. Divine purpose. My Lord, i got to hurry up and quit here. But I ain't through yet. i got a few more pages to go. Hallelujah. Amen. And so it was that a man stumbles and falls when a prophet stands before him. A prophet who looks at that man and said, Sir, you've done wrong. And the man falls weeping. And God says, I'm going to judge it. But remember what I told you. If God can find a way to do good, he will do it. This is not in the message, but I'm going to say it anyway. We Pentecostals sometimes are so critical and judgmental that there are backsliders out in that world who wanted to live for God and we didn't give them the snap of our finger but God would have gone a long way with them in trying to save them. 